It's the Perry and Shauna podcast on the real life journey with you, reminding you that you are Abba's beloved child and that Jesus has called you into his massive mission to heal the world. It is so good to be back. So if you aren't aware, I got to spend some time with our kids. My husband and I went to Australia for a couple of weeks and we had an amazing time. We got back yesterday. I'm still a little bit upside down. Right. It's Friday evening there now. Mm -hmm. So with all the travel time, I think the travel time actually helped because 48 hours of you know sleep when you can up in the middle of the night just yeah. kind of helps you to be tired and want to sleep when it's dark outside. Right. But yeah, there are 15 hours ahead of us. So, but it was so worth it. it. You know, it's like 48 hours of getting back yesterday, but I'm telling you, it's so worth it. One of the things about Australia that surprised me is how green everything is. Have you ever been to Australia? No, no. It's so green and there's so much bush. There's so much wild land. Like mm -hmm. Australia itself is about the size of the United States, but the population is about the size of Texas. Oh, wow. So just imagine a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of space. Lots of room. Lots of, lots of room, lots of lush green. The trees are so different. Everything's so huge. Everything's big. Mm -hmm. Trees are huge. The fruit is huge. Mangoes. I like, I've never seen mangoes this size. Of, oh my goodness. Like the size of a cantaloupe, a mango. It was huge, mm -hmm. but it was amazing. And it was just, um, there were a lot of things that are different one of the things is the people. You know, they say people are the same no matter where you go. Sure. It's true, but there's also some differences. Yeah. There's the accent, which I fell in love with. Yeah. Yeah. What's not to love about an Australian accent? I know. It's awesome. And then there's some words that they do differently, too. Like, they don't say, how are you doing when they greet you? Well, first of all, there's the good I might. Mm -hmm. You get that. But then you get, how are you going? Mm. Oh, I like that. Yeah. How are you going? Nice. <laughs> so, and then they use the word keen a lot. Are you keen for dinner? Are you keen to have some? Oh, and this is fun. They don't say um, chicken. They say chalk. So they'll say like cook chalk. So we went to somebody's house for dinner one night. The hospitality is incredible. We had chalk and veg. Hmm. Chicken and vegetables. So it should be chalk filet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. But the people themselves are so rugged. They're really independent. They're very self-reliant. They're very hobby-oriented. People are more likely when you run into them to talk about what they're passionate about and what they enjoy than about what they do for work. Mm -hmm. In fact, a lot of people work part-time rather than full-time. Sounds nice to me. They take a lot of time. <laughs> I know they take a lot of time off. Like everybody said when they'd ask how long we were there for and we'd say two weeks and they're like, only two weeks. Like, mm. that's crazy. Why would you come this far and only stay for two weeks? Yeah. Their expectation is that we would be putting in a month or two mm -hmm. there while we we're there. So, but the pace is really, really different. And this really stood out. As Americans, we realize we walk faster, we walk with a purpose, you know? Went to this huge shopping marketplace um, called Umundi Markets. And of course, we, we veer to the right, veer to the right, veer to the So you have to like re fix your brain to veer to the left in traffic, you know, as you're walking because they drive on the left side of the road, yeah. not the wrong side of the road, the left side of the road. Anyway. And we were walking so fast and it was just fun how my daughter would point out, you guys just slow down, calm mm. down. You don't have to be at such a hurried pace. And that really stood out about the American way, how hurried we are. And I don't know. I just felt like the Australian people are more about enjoying the journey than about getting to the destination. There's a lot to learn there. 
There is a lot. to So let's talk about that a little bit, because that's the really one of the things that stood out to me was, am I enjoying the journey? Are you enjoying the journey of life? Are you enjoying it with the Lord? And it made me think about Jesus's pace and how when he was here, he walked. He didn't have a car. He walked. I don't know which side of the road he walked on, <laughs> but he walked and he noticed people and he saw people and he valued people and he had conversations with people. I think about the time that he had he had just arrived and he was greeted by Jairus, whose daughter was dying. There's incredible urgency here. And he agrees to go with Jairus to his daughter mm-hmm. to rescue her from death, literally from death. So there's some serious urgency. And on his way, this woman reaches out, touches his cloak. He realizes that power has left him. And he turns and he stops and he has a conversation with her. He looks her in the eye. He sees her. He values her. He loves her. Of all the times in Jesus's life and ministry for him to be in a hurry yeah. and to not have time, but he 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 saw her. Yeah. Yeah. If it had been me and I knew that the Lord could use me to heal somebody, somebody's daughter who was going to die, I'd be making a beeline. Right. I'd be going, you know, around the crowd. For sure. I would try to avoid the crowd, you know, take me down the alleys, get me right. there as quick as you can. Right. But Jesus, you know, he's like, no, I'm going through the crowd and maybe something will happen on the way. Yeah. And it did. Something amazing happened on the way. Mm-hmm. You know, he met and healed someone and changed her life forever. And and not just in her physical healing, but in the way that he saw her and valued her. And I experienced this over and over again over the last 14 days in Australia where we would encounter somebody and we would end up, I mean, I'm talking about a clerk at a store Mm -hmm. or, you know, just on our way, I'm going to get emotional just thinking about it and the way that people would stop and talk with us. And there was one point at which we needed to get somewhere because we were meeting with someone. And I said, you know, I'm sorry, we have to go. And I sensed that the person I was talking to at the time would have talked for another half an hour. Sure. Had we given them another half an hour. But just the way in which they, I felt like the Australian people saw us and valued us and wanted to spend time with us really challenged my heart and the way that I go about my days, my American pace. I tell you what, you're selling Australia to me really well. I'm telling you, I'm I'm surprised I was able to bring my husband back. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Dan is such a conversationalist and a people person. I can see him just just uh, in a sweet spot there. Yeah, I really feel like the Lord just opened up our eyes to our pace, which we really weren't even aware of, uh, how how fast we're moving all the time and the things that we miss in the fast-pacedness of things. So I just, yeah, I guess I want to bring that back for you and I want to share that with you. And maybe today that makes you challenge the pace at which you're going at life. And, and to even ask you, are you enjoying the journey? Are you enjoying the journey with God? Because God wants to enjoy the journey with you. He wants to do this life together with you. So let's enjoy this day. Let's start today and then let's enjoy it with him. Let's walk at his pace. Let's enjoy the the unforced rhythm of grace yeah. in the presence of God and the presence of those that he puts in our path today. Maybe you can relate with this. I feel a nudge to share my faith, and my first feeling is panic. 
God, I can't do this. Don't freak out, Perry. Don't freak out. Thank you. I have a really good friend who regularly reminds me not to freak out. Right. <clears throat> Perry. Right. So I just want to return the favor. All right. Thank you very much. Next time I feel that nudge, I'm going to think, don't freak out. Don't freak out. As Derek walked the street of a Muslim city at night, he felt a nudge to share Jesus with a man leaning against a streetlight. He thought, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. This is not safe. Derek was visiting a Muslim city to attend a friend's wedding. It was walking back to his hotel after the wedding that he felt this nudge to cross the street and share Jesus. Mm. And so he somehow pushed past his fear. And in moments, Derek learned that the man was Muslim, his name was Musa, and he wanted to hear about Jesus. Mm. So Derek grabbed a New Testament from his backpack and gave it to him. Musa after a few minutes, went to the street light and started reading it. Derek's hotel was right across the street, so he went back to his room. But soon, Musa was yelling from the street, Sir, come back! Oh my goodness. Back on the street, he found Musa holding the New Testament to his chest, begging Derek to stay a couple more days so he'd have time to read it. And Derek said, I, I meant for you to keep it. Then Musa was yelling down the street, literally, I have one of the holy books. Wow. And I love Moose's thirst for God's mm-hmm. word. Come on. That's it right there. The hunger and the thirst. I've been I've been praying this for people, for hunger and thirst, for mm-hmm. people in my life, people for my own kids, mm-hmm. for my own family. God, give us a hunger for you. Give us a thirst for you that we want you more. Yeah. I think one of the greatest works of the enemy is just complacency. And our lack of desire, our lack of appetite for spiritual things. Yeah, and we that's such a good prayer because those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. Mm-hmm. So God, give us that hunger. So I love Moose's thirst and hunger for God's word. And I love how Derek pushed past his fear. Mm-hmm. I love that. I was in the sauna at NVP over Christmas break, and I like to get into conversations about Jesus in the Sauna. I just thought of a book, Sauna Conversations. That's maybe the book I should write. (laughs) Maybe that's it. Sauna Conversations. So I asked this guy, is your faith important to you? And it was just me and him. And I like to, you know, talk about faith when it's just, you know, it's kind of awkward when there's a whole group in there. Sure. So I said, "Uh, is your faith important to you? And as he was saying, yes, I think this is how it went down. All of these, a bunch of young guys came in, like teenagers, mm-hmm. high school age. There were, I think, six of them. They came in just as I was starting this conversation about faith. And, you know, this one guy said, yeah, it's important to me. And so it was just the start of the conversation. And now now it's awkward. Sure. Because <laughs> there's all these young, young guys in there. But I yeah. thought, you know what? This is the Lord. The Lord is in this place. And he brought these guys at this exact moment. There's a title for your book. God is in the sauna. <laughs> God is in the sauna. God is in, <laughs> God is in the sauna conversations. <laughs> well, maybe just God is in the sauna. God is in the God shauna. of the sauna. God is in the sauna. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he is. Come on. Okay, so what happened? You don't leave me hanging. So anyway, I thought, hmm, I'm going to share my story. Okay. So I just shared my story real quick, you know, that I knew Jesus as a teenager, but I just had massive failures and I had so much shame and 
Mm. I was playing hoops one night at the rec center in Sheboygan, came down and just destroyed my ankle, <clears throat> terrible ankle sprain. Friends brought me home, laid me on the couch. Jesus just took the pain away and I was blown away because Jesus knew everything about me, all the darkness in me, and yet he loved me. Mm-hmm. He healed and, you anyway. Yeah, and then so I was just sharing this out loud and I said, you know, I thought that up to that point, I thought that, you know, you had to be good enough for God. Mm-hmm. And I realized in that moment that, no, Jesus came for the worst, the lost, the least, the worst of sinners. And that's the gospel. And then I was able to say, so now I, I live for Jesus, not to get God's love, but because he already loves me. And, you know, the, the teenage boys were acting like they weren't listening. <clears throat> But I have to believe they were listening Mm -hmm. and that it was getting through. I know they were. I know the Lord planted some of that in some hearts there. And so I was able to push past my fear. And I I just kind of am wondering, what was it that caused me to push past my fear? Because that's what we need to do when God prompts us. And the thing is, you don't know. I mean, how cool would it be? Just fast forward to the day when you get to enter into heaven and... And Jesus greets you there and he says, Perry, I want you to meet this kid that was in the sauna. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. he's here because oh, you wow. shared your story on that yeah. day. Yeah, there was actually that there was actually a guy that day in the in the sauna. Oh, I don't know if I'll remember his name, but anyway, he said it, it he said, I was listening to you guys this morning and it was one of our best of shows because it was Christmas break. Mm. And he said, Shauna said that she's afraid to take risks. So tell Shauna to take risks. Good word. And <laughs> yet another person telling Shauna not to freak out. Hey, if you're a freak out person, there's just, this is a good show to listen to because. But see what I'm, I'm I saying? I get you. See yeah. what I'm saying about the sauna? Yeah, yeah. There's stuff going on all in the sauna. God of, is in the sauna. All kind of stuff going on in the in the sauna. And some of it was about Shauna. <laughs> <laughs> an odd rhyme, sauna and sauna. I don't remember the last time I was in a sauna, but you frequent the sauna, and God's always got good things for you there. You know, I'm thinking of a song. You know, I'm a songwriter, and so I was sitting in the sauna, and somebody mentioned Shauna. <laughs> You're onto something there. <laughs> but I think that one of the reasons I push past my fear is because in the sauna, I'm very relaxed. Mm-hmm. So. That was one thing, but I could just see God setting this up, and I, I knew I needed to put myself out there. Maybe I would be embarrassed. Maybe I would get rejection. Maybe mm-hmm. they would think I was weird, but so what? You know, right. I'm so concerned about what people are going to think of me, and so I just jumped in. Sometimes you just got to jump in. Yeah, yeah, and pay attention to what the Spirit is doing. I think sometimes, too— you know, things get weird because we're not listening to what God would want us to do. We're just going for it, you know? So to stay in step with the Spirit, to mm. say, Lord, what are you doing right now? And how can yeah. I participate? How can I join you in what you're doing? Because it's not our it's not our desire to weird people out. Sure. It's our desire to, you know, to to meet that place inside of them that does hunger for God and to say, to point them to him. Yeah. It's really not about us at all. Yeah. I think that's kind of what I did. Yeah. I just I just didn't do it as intentionally. But yeah, Lord, what am I supposed to do here? Mm-hmm. And he just 
Like it's like he put wind, he put wind in my sail at that moment of right. of being anxious. He put wind. The Holy Spirit blew his wind, and and got me to share. And so, God, you know, has not given you a spirit of fear. He's not given me a spirit of fear, but He's just given us a spirit of power and love. The Word says. Mm-hmm. He's given us a spirit of power and love to share our faith. It's the spirit of power and love to love people. It's the power to love people into the kingdom. That's what it is. My son-in-law, Grant, is a pastor, and so he's working at a church in Toowoomba. He works with the youth and with the young people, and man— I am crazy proud. I could go off on how proud I am of my kids. So that's what he's doing. My daughter is a chaplain at the school system in Toowoomba at an elementary school. And so they call her Chappy Eden. Mm. It's just the cutest thing. Nice. So got to visit the elementary school. We obviously got to worship with them on Sunday morning. And Grant was preaching on that Sunday morning. And it was such a joy to meet their people. And I'm telling you, God blessed me through Grant's message on that Sunday morning. He was talking about solitude and the importance of pulling away from the world, setting your phone down, getting it out of reach, and just spending time with the Lord. And how one of the things that surfaces when we do that is that, we have feelings. And I think I can relate with this so much because I like to keep moving and I like to think about what's next. And I, I really don't like to pay attention to my feelings. And I have a hard time defining what I'm feeling. But when we sit with the Lord and we pull away, stuff surfaces in solitude. And maybe that's why we stay so busy and we keep the pace that we keep because we can avoid that. But when we do spend time with the Lord, we keep things surface, stuff bubbles up that needs to be dealt with. And he shared with us basically three things that we can do in our time with the Lord that help us Mm. to grow in intimacy, help us to regulate our emotions, to show up in the world in a healthy way, to live the way that God intended us to live using Jesus as a model. So in Matthew 26, in the, the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus knows what's in front of him that he's going to go to the cross, that he's going to get mocked, that he's going to be abandoned by people who he loves deeply and has walked an intimate relationship with. And I just want to read to you 36 through 39. It says this, And Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and he prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. And my son-in-law pointed out three things from this passage, uh, the model of Jesus that we can walk out in our own lives that will help us to have an intimate, healthy relationship with the Lord and with the people around us. And the first thing is that we can trust God with our emotions. I think we can tend to think that we want to show up all put together in our time with the Lord, and He already knows what's going on. He knows what we're feeling. And there's something really, really good for us in the honesty of sharing with God what we are feeling and letting those surface. If you're angry, let Him know that you're angry. 
If you're feeling deeply sad about your circumstances, let God know that you are feeling deeply sad. He can handle our emotional reality. Mm-hmm. So that was the first thing. And then the next thing is to be honest with God about our desires. Because, you know, Jesus said, I am sorrowful to the point of death. He shared that with his friends. You know, and he's like, I mean, the, the, we can't skip over the need for community, right? Like, stay here with me. Stay with me in this hard thing that I'm going through. Be with me. There is something about the ministry of presence that is so powerful. But then he goes on to tell the Lord his own desire. If it's possible, may this cup pass from me. May I not have to walk out. So in the midst of all of his feelings, he's honest with those about the Lord, and he's honest about what he wants to have happen. And we can do that too. We can say, God, I am deeply sad, and this is what I long for. This is what I want to see go down. But the most beautiful thing is the third thing that Jesus does with the Lord is he trusts God with his future. He says, not as I will, but as you will. I mean, this is such a beautiful model of intimacy with the Lord and building relationship with the Lord where we're honest with him about our feelings. We're honest with him about what we want, but in the end, we trust him for what he has for us. Yeah, and I think that for me, if I don't trust God with my future, I will be one anxious mess Mm -hmm. because that means I'm trying to be the Lord and Savior of my life. Oh, yeah, we're trying to grab control of our circumstances. Anytime you're trying to muscle control into your circumstances and a lot of times we try to control people y'all that's just silliness and i used to be like that so long ago like two minutes ago (laughs) (laughs) i get it so can i ask i'm just really curious which one of these things do you wrestle with the most trusting god with your feelings trusting god with your desires or trusting god with your future i don't know i guess it's i guess it's number three but Hmm. if i had more time I need more time to sit with this, Shauna. Mm-hmm. Hey, now in that just what we're talking about, solitude <laughs> with the Lord. It's good. It's good to be alone with the Lord. And in that space, I, I'm encouraging you today and I'm challenging you today to pull away from all the crazy, pull away from the pace of life, pull away from all the demands and spend honest, genuine time with the Lord. Let him know how you're feeling. That's the one for me, to be honest. It's, it's identifying my feelings. I'd like to just skip over that and just tell God what I want and then go, I trust you. Do I need to get out the emotions chart? Would you please? Okay. Are there pictures? I can just point to the sad, to the emoji that. There's lots and lots of feelings on the emotion chart. Man. Yep. I, I think that emotion chart would help me out a lot. I don't know which one of these is the hardest for you, what you need to grow in the most, but I do believe that this is God's heart for you and his desire for you and me, that we'd be honest with him about what we're feeling that we'd be honest with him about what we want and that we would trust him for our future. We serve and we love such a good God. Let's be honest with him today. I hope this makes sense to you. The default mode of my heart is to want to impress people, to want to get people to think highly of me, to applaud me. To, to make me feel good about myself mm. and maybe even to deal with the, the things that I don't like about myself. And so, you know, that's just, it's a, it's a part of my heart. That's part of the fallen Perry. And I had some dreams last night that were all about wanting to get people to be impressed by me. Mm. And it was going back to my old high school and it was grown up me, you know, and just going and impressing people. And I woke up this morning and I thought, 
man, even in my dreams, I my fallenness. Like, Sam Hill. <laughs> my fallenness shows itself in my dreams, and I just thought, Lord, you know, if if you don't work in my life, then then I'm just going to be this person. Mm-hmm. And it was just so good to be able to come back to the Father this morning. Mm-hmm. And He doesn't condemn me, and He resets me into the Spirit-led Perry. Mm-hmm. My son uses this this phrase, and I love it. The spirit-led Perry isn't trying to get your approval, Shauna, for for me to feel good about myself. The spirit-led Perry runs to the Father and finds his acceptance and finds the Father's joy in him. Well, Scripture tells us that all the days planned for us were written in God's book before even one of them came to be. And I talk about this a lot. I find a lot of comfort in knowing that God has a plan and God is working his plan, especially when things aren't going according to my plan. So we were in Australia for a couple of weeks and we made our way back. Well, let's see. We left that, our Airbnb. We we're staying on the Sunshine Coast in a, a sweet little beach town called Bedina. And Bedina Beach, we left there about 10 to 6 on Wednesday morning, Aussie time. And we're supposed to have about 32 hours of travel. We ended up in this hiccup in Vancouver. We boarded the plane as we normally would. We had a three-hour layover we would have in in Toronto once we made the trip from Vancouver to Toronto. But in Vancouver, we ended up sitting on the plane for three hours. (laughs) So Yikes. we missed our connecting flight. There wasn't another flight until the next morning. There was no compensation. There was no hotel. There was n- no food vouchers, which wouldn't have been helpful anyway, because the whole airport was closed down. Nothing was going on. Even literally, even the um, customer service desk for Air Canada shut down. It was like this long line wow. of people who were not making their connecting flights like way past where the line should go well into the airport and they started putting up their little signs that said closed and we're like no when canada shuts down because of winter you know it's come on i guess vancouver doesn't get a lot of snow usually i ended up sitting next to a gal on the plane for this three hours that we were not going anywhere and then the continued flight who was a rower she rode for the national team for australia or excuse me for canada so that was really cool to get Mm. to meet her and Mm -hmm. and get to know her a little bit. So anyway, back to God's plan, right? God has a plan and God is working his plan. So we end up missing our flight and we're like, this is not good. So we stand in the customer service line. We literally are the last customer that they help before they cut the line off and say, everybody call this number because we're done for the night. The airport's closed. We find out that now instead of our luggage going all the way through to Detroit, we need to go retrieve our luggage. Nobody knows where our luggage is. It's just, it's midnight at this point, which was the point at which we were supposed to land in Detroit. And we're in, stuck in, and trying to get things figured out in Toronto. Anyway, we end up, the guy who's helping us to try to find our luggage says, there's another couple that's also trying to get to Detroit, and we're trying to access their luggage as well. So we end up in a conversation with this other couple, Ash, who's from Great Britain, and Mary, who's from the Detroit area, and they're married, recently married, just got married this past fall. Anyway, we end up in a conversation with them. We end up 
waiting, you know, trying to find our luggage with them. We get all the pieces of our luggage, which we then move to, we're past security now, we're in a different port part of the airport where the only thing that is open at 1 a.m. in the Toronto airport is a Wendy's. So let me tell you, I had myself a good old healthy <laughs> Wendy's meal, and I don't mean healthy as in it was healthy food. I mean, I had all the things. I want your fries. I want your Frosty. I want all the Comfort things. Comfort food. Yes. At this point, yes. Yeah, and literally that was the only seating. So we sat at this itty-bitty table, my husband, myself, Ash, and Mary, and we laughed and we shared stories. And before we knew it, it was 3.30 in the morning and we looked over and there's this long line of people. The Delta, uh, Air Canada ended up moving us over to Delta. Anyway, there ends up being this long line. And it's time for us to to get ready, get in line and, and head to our next flight. But the time we spent with Ash and Mary was just really precious time. We now have really, really good friends <laughs> that we hung out with through the night in Toronto. And then we, we obviously made it to Detroit and hung with them at the airport a little bit in Detroit mm. as we were getting things figured out. And as we said our goodbyes, we ended up exchanging phone numbers. And, mm. and Ash said to us, man, if we're ever in Grand Rapids... We'd love to connect with you guys. We're like, yes, absolutely. Dinner's on us. So God orchestrated a friendship with complete strangers mm-hmm. in Van- or in Toronto in the airport in the middle of the night. And I don't know what's going to become of that, but I know that all the days planned for me were written in God's book before even one of them came to be. Mm-hmm. And he had a plan for Dan and Shauna to meet up with Ash and Mary and for a friendship to open up. Yeah. What you saw as, you know, a bump in your plans was actually God's plan mm-hmm. for you to connect with them. And and I got to believe that you guys made an amazing impact on them. They made an amazing impact on us. It was a God thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful for it. And at this point, I don't have any reason to believe that they are walking with the King of Kings and they know how much he loves them. But I do know that God orchestrated us getting to know each other. And, and I got to believe at some point there might be an opportunity for us to, yeah. to step into that conversation further. Yeah, Lord, bring Ash and Mary into your family. Amen. And bring amen. other believers across their path. Yeah. So when, when life throws you a hiccup and it feels like, ah, this is not the way it's supposed to go. This is not my plan. Might even be the middle of the night and you're completely exhausted. You can even in that moment, trust that God is up to something really, 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 really good. And even ask him, Lord, what are you doing in this? How can I join you in the work that you're doing right now? Well, I know it's the heart of winter, but six months from now, it's back to the beach. Woohoo! <laughs> Shauna just came from the beach in yeah, Australia. But so imagine you're at the beach, the sun is hot, the water is cool, you've got your Mountain Dew and Doritos or whatever favorite snack you take to the beach. A perfect day. That's the kind of day Jamal was having when it all came apart. On a sweltering hot day in North India, Jamal a Muslim background believer in Jesus, was swimming in the cool, deep water of a rushing river. And then it happened. He noticed a man running to the river and a hand just below the surface of the rushing water. A woman had fallen in. She would drown if Jamal didn't act now. So he swam up underneath her 
and pushed upward, but it felt like they were just going down. And so he just cried out to God for strength and he pushed upward and somehow they broke the surface. The woman's husband pulled them to safety and with tears he said, I know God sent you. Hmm. That opened the door for Jamal to share Jesus with the husband, his rescued bride, and their two friends, and they all decided to follow Jesus. This is a story, another great story from the Muslim world. And, you know, one of the most powerful ways we can join what God is doing in the world, and in the Muslim world in particular, is through prayer. And there's this app that I highly recommend for praying for Muslims. It's the Priority 100 prayer app. So Priority 100, the, the numbers, Priority 100 prayer app. So that said, a few years ago, a guy called into the show. I think it was before you were here. Quite sure it was before you were here, Shauna. And he shared his story. And it was right here from West Michigan. He was a partier then. A bunch of guys were smoking pot. They went to the lake. They thought that'd be a good idea. So he went into the lake and he ended up in a drop-off. And he was in way over his head. And he was high on pot. And he could not swim out Oh, my goodness. And he knew he was going to die. He just knew this is it. And he saw he had a vision of Jesus reaching down. He saw Jesus. He he was, you know, just ready to go down for the one last time. And he saw Jesus. And I think he raised up his hand. And then a real hand pulled him up out. Oh, my goodness. It was a jet skier. And the jet skier took him to shore. And then he went to look around to thank the jet skier and the jet skier was gone, so I don't know if the jet skier was an angel. I don't know if angels use jet skis, <laughs> but anyway, uh, he was saved by by this person, and it just it just makes me realize how God's heart is all about saving, mm-hmm. rescuing, rescuing. And one of the things that stands out to me from both of those stories, Perry, is that God uses real human people with skin on to be a part of the rescue team. Mm-hmm. I want to be a part of the rescue team. Yeah. 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 Me too. And it takes pushing past our fears, you know, because we're, we're afraid sometimes to really rescue people. First Timothy two, four says, God wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. And I don't know how you see God when you think of God or imagine God, maybe you see him as this wrathful, righteous judge And God does have wrath, and he is righteous, and he will judge. But here's a thing. He sent his son to take the judgment we deserve. The judgment fell on Christ at the cross, never to fall again. Mm -hmm. And if we put ourselves inside of Christ, we will be saved forever, rescued forever. And it's because God has a heart of love for you. And if you've never given your life over to Jesus, the judgment doesn't have to fall on you if you receive Jesus because it fell on him never to fall again. And I think we we have a tendency to, to believe this lie that God doesn't want us. We see the parts of us that are not lovable, the parts that are not perfect. And we think, how could God want me? How could God love me? That's nothing could be further from the truth. God wants you. It is God's heart that all men would be saved. He wants you mm. to come to him. Yeah, that's what the verse says. God wants, desires. It's God's desire. God wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. 
And if you don't know God through Jesus Christ, you don't have his Holy Spirit living on the inside. You know, I think of a prayer like something like, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. You know, it it doesn't have to be fancy. God, have mercy on me, a sinner, and he will. Maybe you're facing a big battle, a big trial in your life right now. Our family is facing something right now with one of our dear family members who's going through some really serious health things. And so maybe you're going through that. And I think of the story of Jehoshaphat in in the Bible and in the Hebrew scriptures. Jehoshaphat was one of the kings of Israel and an army came out against them. They didn't provoke it. And it was a massive army. They didn't know what to do. And Jehoshaphat literally says, Lord, we don't know what to do. We can't do this. You're going to have to come through for us. And, and God just gives them the plan. And so there's a passage from, I think it's Second Chronicles 20. It might be first. I think it's Second Chronicles 20. The Lord says, you will not have to fight this battle. Take up your position, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Go out and face them, and the Lord will be with you. That is the special thing about when we face battles, that the Lord is with us. And that that changes everything. I mean, Psalm 23, (laughs) I will fear no evil because you're with me. Mm -hmm. He is just with us. And not only with us, but for us. This morning I was worshiping on as I was getting ready to come into the station and I was worshiping in the song, um, the blessing came on. No, he is for you. He is for you. He is for you. He's in front of you. He's behind you. He's alongside you. He's with you. He's for you. He's for you. He's for you. We need Mm. to just hear it again and again and again and let it kind of sink into our pores. And the cool thing about this battle with Jehoshaphat and they send out the singers, they put the singers out in front. Mm -hmm. They send the worshipers out in front. And so, We worship when we face a battle, and we trust, Jesus, you're with me. Thanks for letting Barry and Shauna walk the real-life journey with you. The content from the Barry and Shauna podcast comes from their live show, Barry and Shauna Mornings on 89.3 Moody Radio, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Reach out to us by texting 800-968-8930, and please subscribe.